had an episode about display servers and libraries. And then we had another episode about window managers and desktop environments. And so the next logical step would be to do an episode about rising, about customization. And that's what we're going to do today in the company of Zero. I'm Zero. I hang out on the Nixers Forum 2. I'm an op on the IRC. Also do some text art and some other stuff you might know me from too. I post screenshots all over the place, whether you want to see them or not. Nia Sadier. All right. I'm Nia Sadier. Been on the Nixers Forums for a few years and rest of it as well. And Halfwit. All right. Uh, I'm Halfwit. So, Rising. What's the deal about? What's the fuss about? That's what we're going to discuss today. I'm Vinam, and you're listening to The Nixers Podcast. There aren't many definitions around the internet about what rising truly means and what it implies. It's a sort of vague term. But here's what we have to say. For example, on slash rise on the infinite chan or a chan, it will describe it as the art of making your desktop or phone look pretty by installing software or modifying configuration files. So what do our speakers have to say about this? I'd say rice is about control ultimately and just kind of uh, that relaxing feeling of knowing that you can uh, edit your visual and programmatic aspects of your system to your liking and just the uh, exerting that amount of control that you can have is kind of relaxing. Rice is that vibe. You, uh, you see a wallpaper that you really like or you see a color scheme or just even sometimes one individual color and you, you have that ability to tweak aspects of the way you interact with your computer to, to fit that vibe that you're thinking of. If you're doing an all dark gray scheme and you, you theme every component of your system to, to meet and, and join together in that visual style, I feel like ricing is, is tweaking your environment to, to feel a certain way and necessarily look and act that way too. This truly sounds poetic, but is there truly a history behind the term rice? Can we trace it back? When did we truly start using it in the computing world? Is it related to eating or growing rice? Or is it related to the car customization culture in Japan? That custom car culture stuff. Ricing was a term that they used for when you would soup up uh, an Asian type of car. That was the, it was like a derogatory term with rice and the ability to like soup up a machine and put aftermarket parts on your, um, car to, to make it run better or be more efficient. It's this one-to-one comparison with that's what you're doing to your computer. You're installing aftermarket components to your computer to make it run differently and potentially be more optimized or more streamlined, or at least just tweaked to the desire of the person who was in control of that. I don't know if that's true or not. I like the flip too, where people are now using the term beaning. Ricing has now become like a visual style thing while beaning is, is tweaking your workflow and your underlying stuff to try and optimize it more than visuals but i don't know if that's true or not 
completely agree. Uh, yep, and you hit on it being kind of like almost a derogatory term. I like that it was kind of like, a, I feel it might have been like adopted kind of in a cheeky manner. Like, haha, yeah, totally. Like, Ricer over here. I also wondered how much of that was derogatory to early screenshot culture. Because I definitely have been a worldly person online, and I think that I saw more screenshots of old computers from Japanese people specifically before that I, I saw them with Americans or, or Western culture online. But I don't necessarily know if our term rice has anything to do with that or not either. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if the term rice, where it was used the most, and why would someone make the comparison and say, like, you're ricing your desktop like you're ricing your car. And I don't know either where it exactly appeared. But what's strange about it is that it took off, took off as a, a sort of meme. But historically, we can say that customizing, not ricing, was there for a long time, as long as Unix probably existed. Or at least, at least customizing your environment, it has existed for a long time. If you look at something like, you remember WinApp from the Windows days, we would have custom skins for that all the time. And to me, that was probably where it really first started. You get that cool custom skin and it just looks crazy good. And it kind of took off from there, I guess. So we mentioned pricing and then you mentioned beaning, but there's another term, milking. So how do you define those three terms, difference, and where did they come from? I think even beaning was invented on Nixers, probably. Yeah, that was totally a Jimby word. It was in that one screenshot that he did um, that all of the wallpaper was that like orangey brownish kind of color. And he had like three black terminals and one of them had um, lolcat text in, in big lit letters that said like beans because everyone was talking about the rice meme or whatever. It was like an inside joke. How I personally see it, ricing would be probably more visual, uh, beaning would be more like workflow, and milking would be like really low level, like milking the machine, taking whatever resources uh, you, you can take from it. I guess that is being useful. Uh, I don't know. Personally, I kind of dismissed the use of uh, like beaning and and milking and attribute it all to like different levels of rice. Like you might have like system level rice versus uh, you know visual slash aesthetic ricing. Uh, versus workflow rice and I just like was like oh yeah that's all ricing whatever I can see that point that's very interesting but to go back on the story of Jumbie just mentioning uh, beaning and the screenshot and then it taking off it shows how uh, any random screenshot or any event on the internet can spur some new ideas and new mimetics or movement so it's it's very interesting to think about think in the rice subculture specifically that that takes a lot of not takes that has a lot of weight i feel like any one screenshot that's really good and really popular a thousand people will mimic that setup and do something similar or just straight up and down take that config file from that person and use it on their machine because they can't they gave that person gave it away for that ex exact reason because they wanted someone else to be able to have it and i feel like when you go to unix porn in january and it's all i3 posts and then you go to unix porn in february and it's all i don't know xfce posts and then it's all 2bwm or windows utility i feel like we get trends in our scene just like there are trends in the music scene and, and other types of life but i just feel like the thing you, you said about one scrot being really powerful and being able to like influence all of those people i think that's that person capturing that magic of rice they really did make a super cool super aesthetically pleasing setup that inspires so many other people
So, Rice does indeed have vague definition, more encore than social movements than in standard wiki pages. Now let's tackle the misconceptions and non-misconceptions about Rice in general. Is it just a peacock challenge? Is it all just show off? Will people tell you to install Gentoo? The oh I'm going so fast changing the, those compile flags meme? And will you look like elite hacker rising? And does changing your wallpaper and icons make you a real riser? Or does it not? I think uh, like when people make fun of Gentoo, it's the same as like when people uh, think of like Arch users and they're like, oh man, you made it through the default install, like ho ho, because you know like if you haven't ever dealt with partitioning or if you're not, if you've only ever been guided by like a graphical installer initially, the first time you do that, you feel like, oh man, I've I've just done something which is foreign and it feels really difficult, so I better go post about it and like tell people and like enough people did that, and then it became a meme to be like. Ha, huh, look at this guy, he just installed a system for the first time, and then that just kind of, that's where it went from there, I feel like, kind of feeling. It's almost like a rite of passage for some people, you know, their first point of pride, it might not be interesting, like, aesthetically or as a rice, but it's their first crack at it, kind of, they just want to share. Talking about the rite of passage, so what one thing that is not a misconception is that just changing your wallpaper and icons doesn't make you a riser. That's not a misconception, that's the thing and the movement. That's not a misconception, that is a fact. If there's one thing that bugs me the most is my first whatever window manager posts on, on screenshot threads and, and Unix porn. Um, and maybe I'm a jerk, I don't know, but I like downvote those posts like out of, out of point of pride. When you look at a, a screenshot where you can tell that this person worked at least a day trying to get every single component of their system to look the same. And then you have another person that installed the operating system, changed their wallpaper, and maybe if you're lucky, an icon theme, or they just installed the, the operating system, uh, the wallpaper of another operating system onto theirs. And that stuff always makes me mad. It's, it's definitely excitement, like Half said. The people themselves aren't doing it in a mean spirit. They're not trying to like negate the things that are the the good parts of the subculture or whatever, but they're just so excited because they were finally able to try and do something and they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. That was shout to learn through the down vote. The non-misconception is that if your desktop is too bland, how, if it's too flat, if it's too non-special, then it doesn't, it doesn't enter the, the category of rising. I mean, if that's if you want to be technical, yes. But I think the act of tweaking and changing and stuff like that is rice. So the fact that the person is is going through the steps to try and get to that point, maybe it's not a good rice. Maybe it is their their first baby's first rice, as they say. But it's not a quality rice. The issue for me is that when you go on something like Unix porn and you look at all of the high voted ones, all of a the sudden they're just that old boring. I just baby's first rice and it's nothing interesting so it's it doesn't really contribute to the community growing or changing as a whole that's kind of my issue with that okay so you better build a system where every part is nicely fitting with the one next to it to be considered a true ricer but why would you do that? Why spend the time customizing everything? Why do you rise? What is the reason behind your rising? And that, I think, may depend on how and what you perceive rise to be defined as.
Yeah, I think uh, mine mostly matches up with my definition, which was uh, exerting that amount of control over your system just to, that's why IRS is to have like a relaxing feeling from that basically and working towards a goal, uh, usually you know, a visual goal. As Zero was getting on, uh, there's usually uh, a high focus for let's make all the elements consistently themed in a certain way so I can, uh, you know, have that, that one nice consistent screenshot and be like, bam, look, hey guys, here's my whole goal and I did it all and it's all not completely gross, but it's my kind of gross, you know, shell scripting. And then uh, it's just a nice feeling when it's all wrapped up together. I remember my first computer was an Apple IIGS. Um, I'd used other, like monochrome computers before that my own personal computer that i had was apple 2gs it didn't have a hard drive you had to boot it from a floppy and there was like a command prompt where i basically only typed two commands ever to mount the floppy drive and to run whatever program was on it but it had the most heinous blue background with this white text on top of it and i always really wanted to change those colors and i strived to figure out how and, and my early formative years of like trying to learn stuff about computers was <laughs> a lot of it was about trying to change the way they looked more than anything practical and then when i started using windows computers later i used to use hex editors and all types of homemade tools to try and rip apart dll's and application files to change the colors that they were to change the images i had this total Totally hacked up version of MIRC back in the day that had different images for the icons and all of the background GUI stuff was black as well as the interface because if you see my rice it's black on black on black or shades of gray and um, yeah as I moved to Linux things were actually designed and set up for you to be able to tweak them the way you wanted to you didn't have to like break your computer to try and, and make it look the way you wanted to and that's when i really fell in love with unix based systems modern ones because everything was designed for you to come in and sort of not everything but a lot of things were designed for you to come in and edit them and change them to however you wanted them yeah that feeling of it all being uh like a consistent interface and everything is a file and you can just as long as you're comfortable with your editor you can go and find things and customize them it's very it's very good uh, definitely a contrast from your the typical experience when you want to customize Windows to any sort of deep level, and it feels very. Uh, you can tell it's 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 not it's not friendly because you're like, oh man, I I feel like who knows if my system's going to boot the next day just because I wanted to change some colors on that one thing is what I kind of felt like. I mean, mine, like I said before, definitely started with that desire to have things be my way and to to look in and act the way I wanted to. But I don't think that's the reason that I keep ricing because I've already achieved that goal, you know? I feel like I keep ricing because I keep getting inspired by seeing life, you know? Uh, you look at a painting, you look, you see a movie, you, you get inspired sometimes to create something from something else that you've seen. I mean, with my latest screenshot, I saw someone else's that same day and they had like a nature kind of wooded background with uh, three of the six colors of their major palette were super beautiful. So I took those three colors and changed their other three and made my own, in my opinion, better color palette that matched a different wallpaper that was also nature inspired and did a whole theme in one day just because I got inspired by seeing someone else's. I think I keep ricing because I keep getting inspired. I think I get bored with the way um, a certain window manager works or I get too comfy sometimes in a setup and I feel like I need to shake things up. Also with Nixers, we do a lot of that community just trying to get people involved with doing stuff and i like to do those challenges the last one where i i challenged everybody to try and make a 
a monochrome color scheme or whatever. I think that I keep racing and pushing other people to race too because I have fun doing it. And I think that it's a cool way to show your individuality, but at the same time have a group dynamic while doing it. Mine was, it was along the same lines. I wanted that absolute control over everything. I'm a little bit anal about it actually. And the workflow of say a default i3 always felt kludgy to me. And the aesthetic wasn't quite exactly what I wanted. So I started looking and searching and finding all these knobs I could tweak. And within a month or two, it I just felt limited. So I started looking into other things and other things. And I ended up on DWM for a while. And from there, I found pretty much window manager utilities. And I've gone completely crazy. What's, what's special about Unix is that you can put parts together, jam them into a pipeline, or if it's visual, you can make them work together. So that's the, the, the best thing, the freedom, the, the main reason. And uh, yeah, so putting part together, like it's, uh, it's very interesting. It's like playing Lego, you get creative with them, which part goes with which. And it leads to an increase in productivity, but I think that comes later. But the main, main big reason my main reason, I think, is going away from expectation, going away from the the, the boring old thing. I I I really hate being limited, so th- that's my personal reason for it. It's funny that you talk about the pipelines and stuff and how composable everything is on Unix. Uh, that's the part that I absolutely love about it, just that flexibility, just combine these things in novel and interesting ways. Yeah, you're talking about Legos, and I'm like, it's really good when someone makes a uh, modular, flexible Lego. It's been fantastic. Also, on on Zero's point, we're talking about getting inspired by others' posts. Those are, uh, it's also a source of drive for me if I see like nicely styled color themes or uh, different aesthetic for different styles. Like, uh, what's it? There's a guy who posted like a bevel bar setup, and he had uh, like his panel was surrounded bevels, and his windows were surrounded bevels, and I. That day I was like, oh man, I want a bevel desktop. And I like set about looking in how to send my desktop back into the 80s. It was, it was pretty fun. Yeah, that, that's the, the modularity part is very cool. We talked a bit about the why. Now here comes the how. How do you rise? Where do you check for resources on how to rise? Are there steps you usually go through? Some cool tips you want to give the other risers? So here's one of my personal tips that I would like to mention. It's about consistency. Everything in a rise should be consistent, so please choose the applications that go the best together. That's why you should avoid using different widget libraries for your graphical programs. No, you said it too, dude. Read the manual. It's step number one in ricing, in, in using computers in, in general. Um, I feel like if, if you don't know how the application works, how do you expect yourself to use it properly? It's like VNAM said with, with the, the Lego pieces before too with Unix, is if you don't know how the tools in the pipeline are supposed to work together, how do you expect to be able to put them together to work correctly? I think that you need to research how things work and how they're supposed to work before you can figure out how to make them multiple chain together work. But for ricing specifically, I think a lot of the time I do look at examples. Uh, If the author of the tool gives a config file of their own, it's the first thing I look at before I look at the man page a lot of the time. If it's a new tool that I've seen from a screenshot, a lot of the time the first part of the configuration I'll see will be the person who made that screenshot's config for for whatever tool that is that I haven't seen before. So a lot of the time I do kind of outward in see it from the config file before 
um, reading the man page. But reading the man page definitely shows you other options that undoubtedly aren't in that config file because nobody hits or rarely hits every single option in one file. Completely agree. Uh, that's uh, the Rice Channel compiled a list of resources, and at the top they're like, "How do you do this?" And the first thing is uh, Google it, like figure out how to, you know, read the manual and uh, make sure you're comfortable learning, basically, and being able to go that and go from there. I mean, that's true when you're trying to get support for anything. If you are trying to go into the IRC channel of IRC um, or WeChat or something like that, and you're and you're going to ask them a question about the configuration of their their software. They expect you to have done your, your footwork research first and to know the spe- very specific question that you need your answer to, or, or else they're going to tell you to RTFM and, and read the manual before um, they're even going to try and talk to you in a lot of cases. I mean, that's not always true. Not everyone's super mean like that. But in a lot of cases, they, they do expect you to have done at least some effort on your own before you're trying to ask for help, which I respect to a point. Yeah, that can uh, definitely affect uh, the quality of feedback you receive from your question is uh, their perception of, you know, how far have you done this on your own? And if it's apparent to them that you're just like, oh, my first place was here and I haven't looked at anything, uh, you may not get such a warm uh, welcome. Okay, I think we, we need to put back uh, things in perspective. If someone doesn't know anything about tracing, I don't think they'll go directly to the configuration. I think they'll first need to go to some place to get inspired. So uh, there are a lot of places like slash R slash Unix porn. There's the HN slash Rice. There's the Nixers. But then after getting inspired, then you have the, okay, how do I do this thing? How do I do it and how do I configure it? Then you have to learn how this thing works. You get acquired acquainted with your surrounding and you modify them step by step, little by little, and whatever software you want to, to rise. Then you reuse and recycle, get inspired, and that's that's the whole cycle of things. Yeah, exactly. A lot of it for me was just playing with the little knobs and everything and finding out what did what, and uh, eventually you land on something that you like. Uh, I mean... At some points, you want you want to list the things. You want to have a list of many things you want you you could or possibly want to do on your system, and there are, there are a bunch of wikis that list like uh, the shell, the the window manager, the colors, the fonts, etc. Just so you have an idea of whatever you can do. I think that comes to your perception of how you are artisanally crafting your operating system. And I think that comes with your level of knowledge about the system that you're using. Like if you are going to install an operating system that has a full desktop environment from the start, like you're going to pull Ubuntu or you're going to have Linux Mint or something like that, or you're going to install a leaner system that doesn't have anything but a base system that you're going to have to install Zorg and you're going to have to install whatever window manager or desktop environment or component by component from a more baseline system like a Debian net install or Arch Linux type of setup. I originally started Linux on a setup where you had a system that already existed and to change your window manager was to replace a large component of a system that already existed. Um, While that was good in the formative years, now I feel like I already know the window manager and I already know the tooling that I want to use to create my own system. So I don't install a lot of other unnecessary window managers, at least for a time. When I'm, when I'm focused on one compared to another one, to keep my system smaller and leaner and to understand every component and, and lower maintenance level of your computer because you only have the, the things installed that you're actually actively going to use. 
Like I've used a bunch of different window managers, but I don't have them all installed on my computer anymore. If I got inspired to start using Awesome Window Manager again, I'd, I'd debt redownload it or recompile it or whatever. But as of right now, I don't really need it on my system. It becomes cruft. It becomes bloat, as we say in the chat room. So I feel like the first step in racing in your description then is to decide what components you want your system to be and then to configure them. I think inspiration is a big part of that. Going and looking at other people's screenshots or, or videos of how their window managers use uh, work to help you decide which one you want to use, I think is fun. It, it, that's one of the early parts of racing that I think a lot of people get really excited about is, is seeing all these different to them esoteric systems and being like, I want to try that. I want to, I want to have something new. And then you show them like the Linux BBQ cream live CD that has 76 window managers pre-installed and configured that you can just boot through the live environment and play with. It blows their mind. Definitely starting from scratch is a good tip for new users. So would you have like other tips other than don't freak out if you break something? Sure. I mean, like step one is understanding, like, like we said before, if you know what exactly you're changing and it breaks, you should be able to undo those exact changes that you just made and potentially unbreak your system. I feel like if, if you keep good backups and you destroy your computer, you should be able to recreate it and continue from where your backup was before. I think that a lot of people are really scared about that possibility of breaking something so it doesn't make them take risks. They'd rather be safe, which you're never going to succeed and you're never going to make bounds in life in general if you always play it safe. For me, I originally started with virtual machines where I'd run a whole other operating system in VirtualBox or, or, or another partition on my computer. I feel like the partition idea, if you split your operating system into multiple pieces, it makes it easier for you to just replace one of those pieces. If you have one partition that has all of your, your files on it, photos and videos and, and MP3s and, and documents and stuff like that, your whole operating system partition can get blown out a hundred times and you still have those important files that you don't want to lose if your computer gets messed up. So I feel like proper planning with disaster recovery backups, um, being able to segregate what files are where and understanding what you're doing more are all steps that you can take to take some more risks and uh, potentially get some gains. You, you really can continue on that process even further and reach that zen of you have no personal file system. You could boot your computer today and boot it tomorrow and it be its own unique, beautiful snowflake computer, different and, and unique from all of the rest every single time. Um, and to do that, I think that you would have to completely segregate your digital life from the computer to have like a USB drive that held your small amount of files or to have a VPS that you would connect to or mount within your own machine um, to be able to have those files. And then your computer itself can become transient. I have a lot of friends that are starting to live their life now with Tails where every time they boot their operating system, it's a completely run from, from RAM and then on the disk or from pure RAM sometimes where every time they boot their computer, it's completely started over. And they build a layer on top of that, where once they boot to Tails, they, they apply their layer on top of the operating system that puts um, a different shell on there or, or adds their shell aliases or installs a different window manager or, or whatever. And those files are autonomous from the operating system. You bring them into the operating system as like a, a, a welcoming gesture to yourself on your new system every time you use it. 
Okay, I think that's the perfect segue to our next section. So let's talk about, about extreme cases and stories of uh, rising. So those were some nice tips. Now let's discuss our favorite extreme cases in the world of rising. Be them positive or negative. The ones that inspire us in a good way or the ones that inspire us in a bad way. It's been pretty funny to, uh, it's pretty entertaining to watch uh, Zero's path down, you know, from, uh, not Zero, sorry, uh, Zebra's, from, like, Zero was doing uh, initially, like, racing on his desktop, and then he went down to, like, you know, racing kind of at a system level, uh, and then he was doing, like, custom containers, and then now he's, like, writing a package manager after tooling with a whole bunch of, like, C utilities, and I'll just, it's its fun to check in on him from time to time and see uh, what, what he's up to lately and just watch him go from, like, you know, desktop down to that level. Asking advice for, like, uh, I saw a post the other day where he was asking advice for from working on a Linux distro of its own and just tooling around with that stuff. It's interesting. I'm always reminded of that one guy who did absolutely everything in a frame buffer. So he had like a PDF viewer and uh, web web browsers and everything. And it's not the most beautiful rice, but it certainly fits that. So my personal favorite is Vane. So Vane is that dude who wrote his own uh, window manager, his own terminal emulator, his own bar, his own... Uh, I think he wrote his own shell too. Ah, he did like everything from zero to the end. It's all his. Nothing is not customized. So that's my personal favorite. It's hard to pick the most extreme examples. Uh, I used to, to love hearing people tell tales about their VimRC file, where like they would tell you that they had like over 2,000 lines in their one config file for one tool or whatever. Like Your text editor has become its own sentient being because you have so many configs in that one file itself. You, you've gone beyond the level of ricing and customization to almost writing a new tool on top of your tool with its own configuration file. But another extreme, I think, is a lot of the stuff that you were seeing on the G desktop threads before they got banned with all the creepy Lolly Coon stuff. I feel like every single window doesn't have to have an anime character in it. I mean, maybe maybe it does. Maybe I don't understand your, your state of mind, but I feel like people could take that stuff to the extreme where you're using the exact same elements on everything that you have in your whole system. Like having a consistent look and feel is one thing, but having like the same shows anime characters in every single window, whether it's your web browser, whether it's your terminal, the corner of your PDF viewer and stuff, I think that stuff's pretty extreme too. As, as they say, no waifu, no laifu perfect perfect segue into the next section which is the total uh, other side of the spectrum which is the extreme but negative cases so my personal one is the beginner riser so they they sort of like yeah i'm gonna go full minimalist and they, they install uh, two components of two desktop environments so that's one second one is a beginner that try to to do like uh, easy step process, like they find a tutorial, seven easy steps, and then they, they come on uh, IRC or on the uh, Unix port, and then they say, ah, something broke, what did I do wrong? I just followed this tutorial of seven easy steps to do customization. Anyway, those are my stories. Or the other one, uh, like, hey guys, I, I'm new to this, I just installed Arc and Numix icons, is, is this the best thing ever? I know it is, thanks. I wanna digitally bitch slap those people. 15 downvotes in one click at one time. Like, drop the guillotine on that stuff. I don't, I don't know. 
I see Zero has asked if I have any uh, good creepy rice stories. Uh, I did see a screenshot one time where someone had made, um, it was like an RMS emulator chatbot, and they were asking it, like, you know, uh, about their day and, and stuff, and uh, was, they posted on GitHub at one point, um, but, like, part of the what was featured was the ASCII art for bringing up, like, a, a face of Stallman in the terminal uh, to reply to your queries, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm all for ASCII art, but man, creepy Richard Stallman ASCII art talking to you? I think I remember seeing that too. Let's move to the now what. What's the current state of rising? Where do you see it going? What are the trends we currently see today? The current trend that I see a lot is uh, I feel like a lot of people are writing like their own like themer systems. It's been happening for a while, but in the past like a couple months, I feel like I've been seeing it like a lot higher in frequency. Like someone will come along and be like, "Hey, I have my own little templating language in like themer, and I can like rotate some themes, and they all vary like widely in uh, terms of flexibility and what you can do with it." But it's it's kind of interesting now just to see like the different ways that people will theme their systems, like whether it be by templating or different files or uh, some weird kind of like meta insertion type of thing or just, you know, good old said. But I feel like I've been seeing a lot of those lately. Yeah, you're a trendsetter. You were one of the first people I saw working on a project like that in East Day. But I think I have to agree. I, I like seeing the almost expected butthurt anger between people by their choice of programming languages or templating or scripting languages in those setups too, where everyone's like, oh my god, why did you choose to do this in JavaScript? Or like, it's so esoteric for you to have chosen Perl to be the backend language to this. Otherwise, I would have completely loved your project. And then I like seeing those people try and make counter projects where they take almost the exact same schema for, for making one and just changing what the backend is behind it. I find that we've kind of been going towards a lot of tools that do smaller things like they, well, Wendell Manager's Utilities is a really big example of that, but it kind of seems like it's going towards even programs themselves will have that level of modularity and control, like you can set a tile up or a title up in a certain area in, in WeChat and it, stuff like that, basically. That's that Unix philosophy, man. Like everything should do one thing and do it well and not worry about the rest of the pipeline before and after it. It only focuses on its one purpose in life and to be exactly that purpose or to be the best version of that purpose it can be. So I think for programmers to try and follow that philosophy is completely logical in a Unix-like environment. Yeah, from a desktop customization perspective, it's very useful. Like when you stumble upon some utility and you're like, oh, I have the perfect use for this. Like, oh man, I thank you person who wrote this. I'm going to use this in my script over here. Okay, so there's definitely a trend uh, for smaller utilities that you can jam together. And there's a trend for removing the control out of the window manager and using a third party. Also, there's a trend for automatic theme setters. So like they, they automatically build your own environment for whatever colors you choose. Usually they're based on colors. Aesthetically speaking, we see a lot of minimalist interface or on the other side of the spectrum, we have that flat-like UI. So those are the trends I'm, I'm seeing at the moment. I think another trend that we're seeing a lot is people making um, custom sysinfo scripts where it displays a little bit of ASCII art and some, some statistics about their computer, or it doesn't display some ASCII art, it just displays some statistics in a nice formatted way. I think I've seen a lot more people making their own little ones instead of using like the classic screen fetch or Archie. 
it's been pretty nice to witness uh, the like a lot of people making those scripts versus uh, when everyone was using mostly screen fetch. Well, I definitely look forward to what's coming out. It, it's definitely a changing landscape, so I'm very excited. Over. I hope that we're going to continue going in a direction where new ideas are going to be um, arising and people are going to be trying new things and, and inventing new styles that we, and, and new programs and utilities and, and configurations and ways to do configurations. I hope that we continue to progress forward instead of growing stagnant and everybody just copying each other and, and having cookie cutter screenshots. I hope that we continue moving forward and having um, new and innovative ideas in the scene. So one thing I mentioned in the window manager and desktop environment podcast was that it's only and only strictly on Unix that you can find the distinction, the, the distinction between a display server and window manager and all the utilities and the choice. So it's only on Unix that we can innovate the human computer interaction. And I'm hoping in the future we can find new ways other than stacking and tiling, maybe voice interaction or movements, whatever novel way we can find. It's going to certainly happen on Unix because we, we have the flexibility to do it. I always advocate for more um, keyboard-based layouts compared to mouse-based layouts because personally, I find them more pleasing. But not everyone agrees with that. A lot of people would like to do more mouse-based gestures and use the keyboard even less. So I feel like part of the flexibility of Rice is that you're tweaking that system the way you want it to be, the way that's most comfortable for you as the user. The best interaction for me is not the best interaction for you, or, or maybe it is, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. They're not mutually exclusive. And I think that Rice caters to everyone in that respect. So I think like trying to break away from the norm is a natural expression of you being able to do whatever it is that you want to be able to do. Kind of cater to the system to who you are rather than, you know, cave to the system. That, I think that's the positive aspect of Rice, and that's what the community brings, and that's bringing value. Yeah. Some people have been on the ride for a long time. They begin to question, is this real or is this a ride? So that's it for this episode. I hope you got the Rising vibe and could understand everything there was to know about Rising. And also be sure to check the show notes. There's a lot of good links in there. And let's say a big thanks to the people who participated in this episode. Namely, you can find them all on uh, the forums on the Unix chat. IRC.unix.chat. Make sure you use the SSL port. And also on GitHub. So we had Zero, which is making some sweet screenshots as always, and also some ASCII and NC arts for Blocktronics and Impure. We had uh, Niasad, which is always working on something on his GitHub account, some really cool projects. And Halfwit is currently working on UbiQt system, which is a sort of ubiquitous system, like a thin client reading from various backend text files from servers. So big thanks to those people joining in. And as usual, if you want to contribute, there's a link in the show notes, which explains a bunch of ways that you can do that. Here are some very nice words from Zero to end this podcast on a good note. Final thoughts would definitely be follow your dreams and do what you love and enjoy life as much as you can and try not to take yourself too seriously when you do things. I mean, it's it's your life and, and it means a lot to you, but in the grand scheme of the universe, we're all just tiny specks. 
So you have to try and make the best of your life in every situation that you're in and try and have a good time and try and help other people have a good time as much as you can. And that was it for this episode. I'm Vinam and this was the Nixers podcast. (laughs) 